secret friend. Underneath the bridge. Who? Top has sprung a leak. And the animals are trapped. Having a clue. Bobby, come my pet. Let's play a game. Just me and you. Any of this mean anything to you? If you are justice, please do not lie. What is the price for your blind eye? The hell are you supposed to be? You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. All right, it is the Mad About Movies podcast talking about the Batman this time. We've got the Batman Shane joining us a little bit later, but it's special times around here. We're Gearing up for the Oscars. I'm excited about that. Finally, get that behind us. Summer movie season is just around the corner. The movie draft has been drafted. Be sure and check out that episode. Place your wagers and let us know who you think drafted the best team. Who's got it this year? We will find out. We'll keep track of that as the year goes on. And uh, we're celebrating around here because it's another year of the show. We're rounding out into to 10 years, fellas. I mean, it's, I know. It's, it's creeping up on us. And it's another year with Brian Gill here celebrating a birthday this past week. So we wanted to say happy birthday to Brian. And I know a lot of people in the Discord, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP, if you want to be a part of that. We're giving you lots of nice shout outs. And Brian has written a lot of great handwritten notes to our VIPs <laughs> that they have received in the mail and uh so on behalf of richard and i um brian i want to say thanks for writing all those notes and um happy birthday and we have prepared we've been playing this for like six months so we want to have this we've prepared a a birthday (laughs) gift uh, i will say uh for you and uh we're pretty excited about it so richard (laughs) is going to share that uh with you guys right now love you man happy 39th Brian, hi, Candace Payne here. How oh are God. you? I feel it must be in order because Richard and Kent got together and made sure that I would tell you happy birthday. So, happy birthday. I mean, hello, you're a youth minister in the DFW area, and they let me know that not only do you love Chewbacca because you have a toy shelf full of it in your home office, but that you also like black eyed peas. <laughs> And, and apparently me. So this feels like, <laughs> can, can I just say this? This feels like I'm a part of a great collaborative um, sense of, of, of taste and refinement to be able to love Chewbacca, Chewbacca mom, and then Black Eyed Peas. Let's just throw in some Fergie, some Fergie in the mix. Where is the love? That's. You should know that because that's a song title from Black Eyed Peas. All right. Either which way, thanks for all you do in youth ministry. But above that, 
enjoy your special day and make sure that you eat some cake and you have a lot of laughs. Wow. Happy birthday, Brian. Wow. From your idol. I hate both of you so much. It's, uh, <laughs> mm, man. <laughs> what a time. What a time. I, whatever she got on Cameo, she should have to refund it like twice to y'all. I feel like that's... that's uh, she was very nice to do it. Man, Thank what you. a racket. What a racket. Is it sad that I knew immediately who... like? Oh, that name. Oh, my God. It's Chewbacca Mom. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Uh, well, you have all her books on your shelf. Um, <laughs> you have purchased her curriculum mm-hmm. for yes. your, so you gotta, yes. your you students, yes. really, uh-huh. to teach them mm-hmm. the ways of, of Chewbacca. And uh, we just wanted to say thank you for for both being an inspiration to the youth of tomorrow. She's part of us. She's one of us. She she could be uh, she could be the new host of Mad About Movies. I don't know. And I what's mean, funny is you didn't even like Chewbacca until Chewbacca Mom. <laughs> <laughs> It's that a new a thing for me. Yeah, you're, yeah. Right. you're yeah. right. Right then, you were like, all right, I need to have a shelf. <laughs> Just got on eBay collecting. and bought all the Chewbacca memorabilia. I can exactly. Find. Well, happy birthday, Brian. Thank you, and, boys. Uh, we hope, we hope it's a special I'll, one. Love I'll, you, buddy. I've got until November to plot how to uh, to revenge. <laughs> only got <laughs> nine months. Yeah. I mean, her book is next to Taboo from Black Eyed Peas <laughs> on your shelf, is it not? So I think yeah, all she did everything she said was service because Yeah. Everyone knows Taboo is the real genius of the Black Eyed Peas. Cameo doesn't give you enough ride. characters, man. I would have gone more into Taboo, but I was I had to just literally be like, likes Chewbacca, <laughs> has shelf of Chewbacca, likes Black Eyed Peas. And I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't think it's the vegetable. Right. Yeah, she's really into the Black Eyed Peas. It would have been awesome if she did think it was the vegetable. <laughs> like, a win- just, or the or the former uh, fast uh, casual yeah. fried chicken I used to eat at Black Eyed Peas all the time with my grandparents yeah. after yeah. church. It's great. So anyway, it's fantastic. A prime. I love it. I <laughs> I'll send you the video. I'll send you the video right now so you can okay. have the video version Perfect. too. Thank for, you. For uh, reasons. Thank you much. Thank you both. Our friend Meg, every I believe every year gets a video from Skeet Ulrich, which kills me. <laughs> I don't think Jennifer Garner has cameo, so y'all can't get me back really. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, but I'm just gonna Rebel Wilson's Jake. gotta be getting yeah. close. <laughs> and now we are welcomed by the one and only batman shane because it's a batman episode welcome back batman shane hey good to be here fellas thank you as always for having me on it's good to have you for a episode that's not i guess Snyderverse adjacent because it feels like it's, <laughs> that's true we've been in the Snyderverse with you for years now and now we're talking batman outside of that so what you're going to be able to do is batman shane is the local back batman expert here he is in the discord as well works for a uh, major motion picture studio out in Hollywood. And what he's going to be able to do is give us some context here on this, on this story. So as far as I knew it, uh, Batman Shane, correct me if I'm wrong, but this started out as a Snyderverse adjacent standalone that Affleck kind of abandoned. And then they're like, okay, we, we want to still make a standalone Batman movie. And then they ended up hiring Matt Reeves to make one, but it's still not really connected to Snyderverse stuff, but it is based on comic book lore. Am I correct in any of that? Or Yeah, what? absolutely. That is essentially the the kind of uh, Sparknotes version of those events, right? Which is, you know, Ben Affleck was cast as Batman, and they were obviously going to do a spinoff of that movie. Um, and then at a certain point, I think Ben Affleck had signed on to direct. But obviously due to the poor critical reception of Batman v Superman and then the, the 2017 Justice League, 
Plus all the personal stuff Ben Affleck had going on in his life. From what I understand, he just realized that he didn't want to be involved with it anymore. And, uh, you know, he kind of realized that a, a response, a movie like this is such a big responsibility that I don't want to do this if my heart's not a hundred percent in it. So he kind of backed out and then, you know, he, and then obviously they kind of dropped out of playing Batman. So yeah, at that point, Warner brothers pivoted and I guess they decided to go with an alternate direction. Um, you know, and then Matt Reeves kind of swooped in and was able to do his take. So yeah, it's, you know, from that kind of failed, uh, you know, one-off we get this movie. So it's been an interesting, uh, it's been an interesting path. I mean, when you think about it, it's really been a decade since we've had a Batman movie. And I, and I, I mean, just Batman as a solo, you know, entity, right? Cause he was double billed with Batman v Superman. He wasn't the star of justice league. So it really has been since the dark Knight rises, since we've uh, had a, just a solo Batman film. So it's been quite a while. It's been a and long you road count to it, get here. You count it in years for the show and a decade, but obviously the, the, the calendar in your room goes by days, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. It's like I yeah, I do like big red X's on it like a, like a sociopath. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you use the same instead of a marker it's lipstick and you put it on like in Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it has been a long time, man. I, I remember seeing Dark Knight Rises in the theater. I, I love Batman. Brian, I know you're a superhero movie fan, and we've talked about on the past, by the way. We did a throwback on Batman Returns last week for the VIPs, so check that out on the VIP feed. It was a, a great conversation, which I'm sure we might reference on this one. But Brian, know you're a superhero fan, know you're a Batman fan, and we've been waiting for, uh, I guess, Batman to be reset for a while. So what was your, I guess, thoughts going into this one? Uh, were you dreading? Are you sick of Batman? Where did you stand, I guess, when you were walking into the theater? Uh, I mean, yeah, I love Batman. Um my long-standing position on on DC movies has been show me, don't tell me. I'm I'm not coming in with any anticipation. You're you're just gonna have to. I'll try to go in with like a with neither anticipation nor dread, and just kind of be balanced. and And hopefully, you can give me a good movie. And that's that's kind of what I. That's more of a Warner Brothers attitude too. As much yeah, for as sure, Batman for thing, sure, right? Yeah, yeah for uh, sure. It just plays into DC for me a lot because of because I do I love I mean I always always say this we always get so much crap about dumping on DC movies and I'm always quick to be like look I love ba- I want Batman movies to be awesome that's all that's all I want is is for these movies to be good I was like less sold on the marketing than a lot of people were I feel like I I and I'm sure part of that is just what it has been like to watch. DC Warner Brothers movies for the last decade and the 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 cycle that goes into that and the and you know ultimately ending in in uh being told to kill myself and things like that and so I'm sure that's that was part of it but like I didn't love all of the the like over the top emoness of it kind of I mean it's a funny bit to to joke about but I was a little bit worried about that coming in it was just going to be like a My Chemical Romance music video for the whole time. <laughs> um, I didn't super love some of the stuff. with. I don't really care about the Batsuit. I know that's a thing that people and Shane really do care about. I'm fine with whatever as long as it's not like the Clooney Batman suit pretty much. But I thought some of it was a little bit a little bit weird. And I, I felt like the, the Batmobile muscle car thing was maybe a little bit risky if not, but it could be cool. You know, that kind of thing. It was like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with like, I'm, I'm interested in this, but I'm not, 
I don't think I was dying to see it and, and just super sold on it the way a lot of people were. Um, and that, I think that may have helped in some ways. Cause I, I mean, I'll just, I'll break the seal. I really dug this. I liked it a lot. And, um, there were elements that I didn't like and parts that, that didn't really flow for me. But, but for the most part, this was, uh, I don't know. This is what I want from a Batman movie. And it just, to, to your point, Shane, it's been a freaking decade since we've seen a Batman movie and we've tried Batman in movie, except for Lego Batman, I should say, cause that right. was a blast. Um, but we've tried it in movies and, and TV and whatnot. And I have been at best underwhelmed and at worst cringing and just kind of wanting to not be there anymore for, for this last <laughs> decade. So it was cool to be like, finally, like we got one, we got one back. We, we got one in, in the, in the plus column. Um, so that anyway, I, that's where, that's where kind of how I went in and, and the, uh, I guess general thoughts for me as well. Richard, uh, where did you go in on it? And, um, you know, know you're a big fan of the Nolan movies, but certainly less so of the Snyder ones, unless you've changed your opinion in the past, I don't know, yeah, eight no, minutes you know, since we started. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see this one. I didn't see it. So I'm kidding. <laughs> that's going to be my new Armisen bit where I just consistently total, do that total um, tim heidecker yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't uh this one i'll give it i'll give that it this five weekend? stars based on the trailer yeah. <laughs> no uh i'm very 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 much aligned with brian i thought that the marketing was um appealing but it wasn't i wasn't sold on, i i was still like that's kind of cool i like some of it but mm. i can absolutely see how this goes loud wrong um, cause it's definitely taken some swings and really liked Pattinson. The last few things was totally fine with that casting. I, I don't really get too worked up on who the Batman is. I think Batman, you know, Batman kind of goes the way the movies go in terms of like, I don't think the actor really ever makes the movie better or worse in, in some, I mean, Christian Bale's a brilliant actor. Those are great movies. Uh, ben Affleck's been very good in stuff, very bad in bad movies, those were not good movies. He, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it really affects it as much. So I wasn't as, as concerned about the R Pats thing. I liked the Paul Dano casting, the Colin Farrell thing. It seemed like they were, they were, uh, making a lot of interesting decisions, but it, I wasn't like, I could still go in, you know, into this go, Oh, this could still be terrible. And it was, it was very relieved that it wasn't. And it wasn't really, I, I, so much of the kind of aesthetic of the trailers specifically, and some of the posters as well too, were, so so dark and in a way where it seemed like okay look am i even going to be able to tell what's going on are they just doing dark for the sake of dark and the movie was much more uh, it didn't have that feel to it It didn't feel just the dregs like it looked like if you stretched the trailer into two hours that it would um so yeah it was very pleasantly not surprised but was like okay good they got this one warner brothers will, will mix one in on you every once in a while they did it with wonder woman they, they've done it with this that's exciting i want like like all of you i I like Batman. I want these to be, um, I want these to be good. And if they're able to build, you know, sequels out of this and some kind of coherent universe out of this, then by God, that's the way to do it. But, uh, but yeah, they've they're they've gotten the first step right, which is 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 great. And so I'm excited for whatever comes next out of this. And by the way, if nothing does, that's fine too. They made a good Batman movie, right? I was, can't. What about you, man? Yeah, I was really excited uh, about Matt Reeves when he was the announcement because of how much of a fan I was of the his Planet of the Apes War for the Dawn of the Rise series. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, I think the second one, which was it? Is it Dawn? The second one uh, with Carrie Russell? Is that the yeah the second one? That one, yeah. That one's greatness, man. I uh, yeah, or I still remember uh, seeing that one in the theater and being uh, being pretty impressed by it. So knew this would be a guy that would have a lot of vision. It was like the opposite of the Snyder announcement, where it's like total excitement instead of like just fearing the worst. I was just hoping for the best with this because, you know, you see the potential, you see the uh, ability to, to take a existing intellectual property and, and do it a new spin on it for a new generation and still have smart ties to the original. And I mean, it feels like we've seen Batman do everything over the past, I don't know, 15 or so years. It feels like we've seen every kind of version of Batman that we can see, I mean, if you're including the Tim Tim Burton kind, we've definitely seen almost every version of Batman you can see on screen, and, and not all of them are bad. I think they're all great, and we touched on this on the Batman Returns episode. They all have their charms, right? Even the Tim Burton ones have have a certain charm to them, and, and um, there's certainly things to like about them. And what I was worried about with Matt Reeves was he wasn't going to learn – anything from the the Batman films that came before it and that this would feel too much like those movies that this would wouldn't feel like its own thing that it would feel I don't know too derivative of either the Christopher Nolan ones or you know plot elements of the uh, Tim Burton ones things like that and it, and it does have some of that we'll get into it but I really do feel like the best decision he could have made as a director was like, let me just do the opposite of, of what people expect me to do. And, and I feel like he, re- he really did that here, you know, with the, the penguin character in the Tim Burton one is extremely grotesque and just completely over the top. And this is the opposite. I mean, it's the complete opposite of that. It's a really scaled back, almost business-like character, almost a mob-like character that's uh, really human in a lot of ways and we can we can get into that as well batman so so you heard it here first folks kent is saying that colin farrell's penguin is super hottie that's uh, yeah oh <laughs> that was colin farrell oh well, <laughs> batman which we've seen in the recent past and i think this will be the biggest topic of conversation is is the batman character and it should be we've seen in the recent past like batman hasn't been super prevalent in the movies and he's in almost every scene i think in this movie it's a very batman heavy movie it's a three-hour movie so i like that and the character that we know from the the schumacher and the tim burton ones and, and even the christopher nolan ones is batman is this established uh entity in gotham city and he's lost the love of his life and he's got all these businesses that he runs under the table and all this stuff and I didn't know, actually, maybe I didn't get that from the trailer. I didn't know that this would be more of a prequel movie. I, I thought it would just be throwing us straight into the uh, uh, Batman story. But it it really feels like, you know, Batman's been going for a year. Batman's 21 years old, 20, 24 years old. He's kind of new at this. Uh, he's still in the vigilante territory with the law. And... Maybe Commissioner Gordon's like the only person that kind of gets through to him, and he's got this janky bat signal that he's made, right? So I didn't really get that from the trailers. Like this would be like more of a a prequelized, like a young version, like a young hip version of Batman. I guess I didn't I didn't get that. Maybe I, I 
thought that they were trying to maybe play off the Nolan stuff a little more and what people knew, but maybe that's a, a misstep on my, on my part, Shane. Uh, the fact that I didn't know that this was like a, yeah, like the young version of Batman, the Batmobiles, like being assembled and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, Albert, uh, Alfred's very young in the movie compared to what we know. And I think that's all like, if you're going to redo Batman, I think that's a, a really interesting way to do it is, is kind of age everybody down a little bit and give us a, a different take that way. But what was your thought yeah, on for that, sure. uh, uh, Shane? I mean, I, I think what Matt Reeves did was really smart, right? Which was, you know, the, the, he, he says towards the beginning of the movie that he's been doing this for two years now. So yep. you're about right. two yeah. years into Batman's career. And I think it's really smart to skip over all the, the like straight up Batman origin stuff. Pearl's right? hitting the because pavement. Yep. Yeah. Pearl's hitting the pavement, all that stuff, watching his parents get murdered again. Um, you know, watching him train and become, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, they always know, get warrior. the or- origin part and then. He's immediately five years into the job in every movie. We never get right. to really see this part as much. Yeah, exactly. And this was super smart, right? Because no one needs to see the origin stuff, right? Batman is a character that is so famous pop culture wise that if you don't know his origin story, that's your fault, not the movie's yeah, fault, right? I just to jump in real fast, I like the day before I went to see this, I follow a couple of like alternative movie poster uh accounts on Twitter. They do like really cool stuff, and one of them both of them like occasionally are doing like official stuff. Like they're getting licensed to do these deals. And sometimes it's just, this is a movie. I was saying anyway, one of the ones I follow put up a poster of the, like the pearls hitting the ground thing, you know, with like dead Martha and dead Thomas on the ground and whatnot. And I was like, I swear to God, if this movie <laughs> does that again, if we have to see his parents die again, I am going to lose Walking my out of the mind. theater yeah. and a, a, yes. g- a guy comes yeah. out to mug. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thought we Sorry, weren't going to get that. Cut you off. Thought we weren't going to get that. I was super the, thankful. Uh, Joker, yeah. Super, super thankful that we did not have to revisit that for the four millionth time. Yeah. Agreed. I think this is the first Batman movie, including the Lego Batman movie that didn't have some version of that scene in it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really? I think so. I could be mistaken, but it's unlikely. Wow, um, that's a uh, that's that's amazing. That's why you're here, Batman Shane, to give us to give us nuggets like that. Uh, the Halloween element to this one, I know there's a the long Halloween cartoon special. There's comic book series. This is a little, it's based on that at all. The Batman, the long Halloween, just the just the fact that it's based on it's the fact that it takes place on Halloween, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically, the 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 Sparknotes version of the plot of that comic is that there's a serial killer who keeps killing on holidays, and it takes Batman and Gordon and Harvey Dent all working together a year to catch the killer. So he mm-hmm. kills on like St. Patty's Day and Easter and you know mm-hmm. Memorial Day, all that stuff. So no, there was really no connection to uh, plot wise. There was no connection to that comic book other than just that the movie starts on Halloween night, but that, but the fact that it starts on Halloween night, I think is more of like set dressing than anything else. It didn't seem plot relevant. What about the Arkham Wayne relationship in those families? Is that invented for this or is that Canon in some comic book previously? No, no, it's very much Canon in some comic book movies and, and in in addition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in addition to those families uh, also usually a a famous wealthy, uh, old family in Gotham is the cobble pots as well. So penguins family as well. So usually it's like the three of those families were like the Rockefellers, you know, whatever of Gotham back. So it is. So Bruce, Bruce is part Arkham in a lot of the canons too, in a lot of the comics as well. 
Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Exactly. Cool. I yeah. did not know that. So I was like, oh, that was a cool bit of, bit of you know, retconning or whatever. But okay, good. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you're here. Yeah. What about, I know, <laughs> I know Edward Nashton. I know him as Enigma. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was a demerit for me. That's yeah, going to take that it over was, the C plus. That was hard. <laughs> uh, let's talk about, let's talk about the Riddler character because, uh, you know, you get hints of it in the trailer of what they're going to do with it, but. And I was like, oh, this is kind of like a Zodiac thing. And, and you watch the movie, you're like, well, they're going full Zodiac with this yeah. thing. Like, that's just basically just the character uh, down to the costume and everything. I mean, the Zodiac wore like almost the exact thing that uh, the Ridley wears down to the, you know, the ski mask, uh, mat, uh, and cover on the face and, and all that kind of the glasses and all that kind of stuff. So um, I found that extremely creepy. <laughs> like, when you base. I guess murderers in reality, it's always, it's way creepier when you can like, when this, when this kind of stuff actually happens. And so, uh, you know, you, you can find some of the plot points to be super far fetched in, um, in superhero movies, but I don't know this, this was kind of uh Christopher Nolan Joker level Maggie Gyllenhaal where they're, yeah. you know, he has to choose between like, it's almost sure. at that level, uh, with some of these things, but I, I found it really, I don't know, disturbing and and really effective, like the uh, the Riddler character. And I'm, I don't want to get spoiler here. I guess we can get spoilery here, but yeah, I think we need to just go full spoilers on this. The, the I'm glad uh, we might get more Riddler, like in more movies. I guess. But I think we can all agree that all of us were cautiously optimistic going into this movie, myself included, right? I mean, because I'm with you, Brian. It's like Warner Brothers has instilled a healthy dose of pessimism now where it's like, maybe this is going to be good. Maybe it's not. But just on a general topical level, did you guys like it? Like, Richard, were you – did you walk away, please? Uh, Brian, I know you said you liked it already, but – Yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I didn't like three hours because I don't like three hours of anything. Uh, but But other than that, I had really no complaints. I thought it was paced pretty well. I uh, thought – you know, the, the plot was kind of, to Ken's point, overt with the Zodiac stuff, but, like, that worked. Um, and I thought that the way the, the villains all, you know, the thing that these properties have over Marvel is that the villains are just so much better, um, at least in the movies that I've seen. So it's like they, they really kind of worked and crossed each other over a lot and uh, were supportive and it kind of kicked you back and forth between a lot of different things going on there. So... And uh, yeah, and I thought Batman was was I thought he he did a great job, and I thought that and, and Joey Kravitz is is to die for in this. So yeah, I mean, I was I was very very well pleased. I didn't think it would be easy to top Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon, but freaking love Jeffrey Wright in this. Yeah, uh, he was. I thought, I thought he was great. Yeah. I and mean, he's great yeah, yeah. in everything. It's like it's gotten to the point where. I know I'm going to get sick of him at some point. The Jeffrey Wright fatigue is going to set in. It hasn't yet, but uh, a big I mean, year, the, the, the guy, way. I mean, he's in everything. It feels like, and yeah, he's awesome in everything. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was an excellent choice. A hard sell for me, Shane. Uh, at first, I guess it took me a while, uh, but the more I thought about it, the more I kind of liked it was the voiceover and the narration. Yeah. And, it took like once it started, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like this. And Same. the more I yeah. thought about it, I'm like, this is a yeah. comic book movie. Like this should feel mm-hmm. like a comic in some way. And for me, it did in that way because it's so grounded in reality that you don't want it to become 
like you're trying to do something real because then you can't do, you know, more outlandish things because then it's like, okay, that would never have, you know, there were certain things right. that even no one couldn't do. Cause it's like the universe he had established was too based in our real world. So I think having that kind of unreality to it, so to speak, like it really felt appropriate and it kind of put it in a, a more, I don't know, Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher context for me that I kind of appreciated about it to be quite honest with you. But what were your thoughts on it? I mean, look, I, yeah. So, I mean, I, look, I want to put it on the record because I was teasing people on the Discord all weekend. For, for the record, I, I loved this movie. I, I thought it was absolutely fantastic, um, and I thought it was—I thought it was great, right, from from top to bottom. I do have a few concerns here or there, and we'll we'll get to those. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I thought this movie was absolutely excellent. I loved the take. I love, you know, kind of the direction it was going, and just on a, a general level, I, I thought this movie was, you know, not not a lot of missteps in this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great. I love the direction that they went with it and then almost everything about it I love. So we can get into some kind of nitpicks later. But yeah, I mean, officially, like, I thought this was absolutely great. And, uh, you know, I would certainly rank it. Uh, we'll get towards it at the end, but I would rank it very high in my list of Batman movies for sure. I was, I was, you know, I went through the whole cycle of being like nervous and then being excited. And then, you know, when it started, that, that, <laughs> that same feeling that uh, Brian had when The Force Awakens started, where you're like, oh no, like, what if this is terrible again? Mm-hmm. But then I will say, like, to your point though, Kent, like, the movie started and we start with voiceover. Um, and I was, I was thrilled by that because I have long maintained that my ideal Batman movie has voiceover in it because that's such an integral part. Kevin of the Conroy comics. is doing the voiceover though. Yeah, like I said, I, well, I don't know if you, you listen to our uh, Batman Returns episode, but we were saying like, I'm the Batman actor that I'm going to love is the one that just says, you know what? Just overdub all my lines with Kevin Conroy doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would be awesome. That would be, be freaking great. That, yeah. And I would respect that so much because <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? This guy's voice is Batman and you know, yeah. he can just accent what I do, do the same inflection or whatever, you know, right. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> I actually want the voiceover to go like even further, right? Like, I don't know if you remember, uh, the Robert Downey Jr., like the Sherlock Holmes movies, but there were like parts in those movies where like time essentially almost slows down and he's mm-hmm. like narrating in his head, like how he's going to fight. Like that yeah. was pulled almost directly from like Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, where Batman's fighting and like in his head, he's saying like, there are 17 ways I can hurt this guy. Ten of them will cripple him forever. Five will put him in the hospital for a week and two of them will stun him. You know, things like that. Like I wanted the voiceover to go even further, but I'll take what I can get. And I thought that, you know, having the voiceover, uh, you know, in the beginning and the end of the movie was awesome. I thought that was, did you know, did you know that going in or were you like, no, I oh, man, I wish so I could have seen over... your nerd face when that popped on at the beginning. <laughs> it's yeah, Gotham yeah. City at 3 o'clock in the morning. You must yeah. change his squealing night. and <laughs> after he meticulously picked out his perfect seat for Dolby or whatever, and he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Richard has <laughs> Richard. I've been sat next to Richard for a lot of big comic book movies. We uh-huh. saw The Dark Knight together. We saw Endgame together. So yeah, uh-huh. Richard is well aware of my like, you know, my like my nerd gas uh, like, for sure. No, I was I I mean that it, it, endearingly, Shane. I hope you know. No, I, of course. I, I wish course. I could have seen. I wish I could have seen your reaction because I bet that was, I bet that was great. But uh, yeah, that worked for me too. I like that. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've read some Batman comics, but it's been years, so I kind of. I never really thought of that. That's that's a great way to differentiate these, and yeah. wouldn't mind like you, you know, Shane, like you said, like uh, more of that in the in the future ones. That could be really cool. Yeah, for sure. Or just Will Arnett could do it. 
Yeah, he's great yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, like I love. Yeah, him. I was I was like you kid. I was I was out on that for the first few minutes, and then the more that they went to it, and the more I thought about, it, I was like, actually, this is pretty good. Like I kind of like this this concept. I, I I think I'm just like predisposed to be out on narration like that because we just it's such a it's so so often a lazy way to make a film it's like so you go, well, right there's a little crutch we'll go to and this this was not that so yeah i also really appreciated some of the you know the riddler's stuff like you want it to be almost comical in a way but the comedy was like in the creepiness like the whole thumb drive thing <laughs> like it's not like it's funny but it's something like a madman would Can do I, funny. It's a, I mean, yeah, I would, I want to say, I don't, I don't want this whole episode to turn into how much I hate Zack Snyder. I've talked about that a million times. It's, it's, we can do something new, but like that was a, those very morbid details of, of the case, especially the first murder that they're investigating. I felt was a, just was a, an immediate for me, like, this they Matt Reeves is handling this so much better than Zack Snyder would. Like it was because you're right. Like there was like a, a little bit of of uh, of comedy to it, but it was like gallows humor yeah. kind of comedy of like God, this this guy, jeez, you know. Instead of yeah. we just killed Jimmy Olsen for funs. Yeah, the guy, the freaking it, it Zodiac, was, like would put humor in his uh yes in his things and you'd be like i'm laughing at the police because they can't find me and you know it was funny to him and there is was an inherent comedy for Mm -hmm. the person doing it and 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 stringing people along and watching the media freak out and all that kind of stuff you know and i think they say in the movie like we're gonna go to the funeral because the killers like to you know Mm -hmm. keep up on their own crimes you know so it had that had that sort of element too i like the collar bomb too what was that Netflix uh, documentary about the collar bomb thing. There was like a oh, and the, the, pizza, uh, the and pizza the Aziz Ansari movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About, yeah. The, about the collar bomb. So that reminded me of that, and it was I don't know, Evil Genius. That was what it was called. I don't know if it was a spoiler that I had seen that, but like how the how the whole scene ends is very very reminiscent of that of that. So I mean, it it had had those satirical elements to it, and kind of the stuff we we're doing. Here's my question, back. Batman Shane, does every Batman movie property have to do with like Batman uh, district attorney politics? Like, is that, can we not get a, uh, like a more Aaron uh, Sorkin's Batman? Yeah. Like, like it all feels <laughs> yeah. so much like the Gotham West, a little bit right? of a, yeah. of a, of an episode one, the Phantom Menace kind of like, okay, aren't these movies for kids? Why are we talking about <laughs> Uh, about mob, uh, you know, yeah. breaking off trade routes of thing, you know, that, <laughs> it really does kind of have that at its core. And like, there's a certain element of me that's like, can't we just chase the Riddler around? Right. And I, I mean, I will say that's, I think one of the reasons why I like this movie so much is because it, for the first time in Batman's cinematic history, it really digs into the aspect of his character that is the detective, right? I mean, mm-hmm. people forget mm-hmm. Batman, his, like his world debut was in a, a comic called Detective Comics, issue number 27. And he's often referred to in the comics as the world's greatest detective. But in so many of these Batman movies, because explosions and fights and all those things are inherently a little bit more cinematic. 
there are so many Batman movies that focus on these kind of big operatic, you know, type things where it's like the city's going to blow up at the end of like the Dark Knight Rises or whatever. So I like, you know, kind of how you were talking about, Kent, that this movie kind of zagged from different directions that other Batman movies have zigged where it's like this really focused on the detective work, right? You literally see him solving clues and like, you know, is short of like connecting things on a corkboard with red string. Mm-hmm. You see him like figuring all this stuff out. So I think that by setting it, you know, in kind of like inner city politics and corrupt, you know, officials and all those things, it lends itself more to a detective story with, you know, layers yeah, to peel back story. like an onion yeah. than just, you know, watching the Riddler blow up a hospital or something. That's, that's right? and good I'm point. Not, yeah. That's I'm not point. saying that one is inherently better over the other, but I'm saying what I, one of the reasons why I give this movie such props is it went a different direction and it truly feels like a Batman movie you have not seen before. And it sets a groundwork for it too. It's a good way to set the stage of what Gotham is and, and the entire setting of, I don't know, maybe a, maybe the the next few movies that we have a little more fun in the universe. And this is more established, yeah. but I agree with you. I thought the freaking uh, contact lens thing was awesome. Where he yeah. can record yeah. it's so simple, such a nice plot device that they use multiple times, you know, to, to give, uh, Selena Kyle, the, the lenses and have her go in and, and, uh, basically snoop on Carmine Falcone and co or whatever. I thought that was a great, a great sequence. And it, and it made total sense. And like, I like all the Batman gadgets, but I hate the overuse of them or I don't know, the implausibility of them sometimes can get kind of ridiculous. And I liked this, how he had some that felt industrial in a real way. They felt, real world in a way that kind of the, the Christopher Nolan ones did. But um, I liked that, that you, you, you discover them as the movie progresses. And it's not like you lay them all out and you're waiting for them to be used throughout the movie. It's like, he's only using them when he needs them. And, and you, you're, you don't really see them otherwise, which I thought was really cool. Like when he just pulls his logo off his chest and cuts, a, cuts the cord with it. I was like, dude, that was freaking awesome. And you didn't even know that that was, doable right this entire time yeah. that that was a tool right it's so yeah exactly. it had this very functional and i love the suit i mean it was like i don't look like hockey pads or something without a, oh, no, a jersey pads. Pads. yeah if you were gonna it, say like the shoulder pads <laughs> the shoulder pads like it looked like a hockey uh if you're to take your jersey off on you know they had that that feel to it and you can only reinvent the cowl and the bat suit so many times i guess but yeah i thought this was a nice another nice reinvention of it well, let's since you since you brought this subject up, Ken. I want I want to hear everybody else's opinion on it. But I will say that that was one of my my nitpicks with this movie was as I it seems clear to me that Matt Reeves' direction to his entire crew and cast and the entire filmmaking team was that we're not going to put anything in this movie unless it is physically possible in the real world, like in 2022. And mm. maybe I'm a little bit mistaken, like. I don't know if there's like that magnetized repelling thing that he does like down the wall. Maybe there's a couple, maybe that kind of stread credulity, but this movie to me was realistic to a fault. And at certain points that bothered me. And I'll give you two little quick examples. The scene in the movie where Batman is chased up to the top of the police headquarters, right? And he climbs up to a gargoyle and you're like, Oh, here we go. Like I, this is going to be awesome. I know what's going to happen. And he flies down. Yeah. No, no. And then he pulls out one of those stupid wingsuits that you see like, you know, adrenaline junkies use on like, you know, whatever. 
No, wrong. Batman has a cape that folds out and he glides over the city with it, right? Like Christopher Nolan did it. Michael Keaton did it. I don't want a, a wingsuit. That's that's dumb. And that's wrong. Like, maybe you know, he wasn't at the that- point where he – I mean, this is young Batman. You know, Maybe he hadn't designed the – the thing yet and that was his first and that's, and that's what i'm saying like it's right. i just wanted a little bit more like one yeah, degree more of like yeah. movie magic right yeah I didn't or like the it. other example that that did threw me was like it towards the end when he pulls out that like green goop or whatever from his bat belt it was like they the utility belt they they clearly made a point of like he has a pocket that was specifically designed for this shape and this is where he keeps it and it's like no i just want to see batman reach behind his back and pull out like a chainsaw. Where did it come from? No one knows. No one cares. It's the bat utility belt. It's kind of magic. It's, it's kind of an accepted thing, right? Mm. Like I, like it was so realistic to a fault that I think it ruined a little bit of the movie magic that I love so much with Batman, but that's a minor nitpick. That's just kind of me, the, my taste or whatever. But did anybody did that bother anybody else? I see your point, but I also love him jumping off with this, like basically a military, uh, wingsuit and then crashing at the end. And it's just like, right. it's not this perfect Batman that, that we've come to expect. It's this Batman that's finding himself still. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, I didn't expect that going in. I thought this would, this would throw us into a Batman's world, but I think I liked those growing pains a little bit. And I thought that was shot. Awesome. I mean, they must've really like thrown a guy off a thing with a wingsuit. I mean, the, the, oh, yeah. the way the I camera mean, the was mounted on it. I mean, the cinematography on this movie was spot on. I mean, I, I honestly, like I said, I thought this would be a little bit derivative of the ones before, but it feels like, and I don't know how you guys feel like this, but it feels like this is Matt Reeves' Batman movie, and like this, this would be this movie regardless of if Snyder or Christopher Nolan had even made them. I just think that this is what his sensibilities are, and I think, honestly, if we hadn't gotten Christopher Nolan movies, we probably would have gotten the Joker in this one, right? So... I think that probably serves us to mm-hmm. uh, in the positive that that we're not pulling the Joker card this soon again sure. already uh, fully. So I think that's nice, but like I think uh, you know when you see the trajectory of visually of where he was as a director, I think this makes sense. It's not like he was trying to lean into what we were comfortable with, what we knew. I just think that this is his vision, and his vision just happened to kind of be similar to. Uh, Christopher Nolan's or whatever. People are just comparing those because they're good movies. I feel like more than, yeah. And I mean, it's the same character. You're going to get the comparisons one way or the other. Um, it's, there's no, there's really no way to, to avoid that. Um, if anything, I think this movie being of the quality that it is like sort of, uh, I don't know if lessens the, 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 the negative impact of, of the Snyder and, and, and David Ayer versions, but it, it definitely allows for the opportunity to just be like, to kind of pretend like they didn't happen in some (laughs) ways. Um, which I think is a, a big positive, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think, look, I think Reeves had a really good vision for the character. Um, the cinematography is incredible. Like you said, Shane, the score is incredible. Oh, Um, so good. That, that, that new Batman theme, is that a new one or, yeah, it's a new uh, one. Michael Giacchino coming man, out of the woodwork. Was, and apparently ooh. he was, from what I understand, like the, the day he got the call uh, to do the score, within like a couple of days, he had sent 
Matt Reeves like a mock-up of the theme, and he was like, I've been writing this theme since I was five years old. It like, sounds you know like I mean? Jaws. <laughs> it honestly had that Jaws feel, like when the theme yeah. comes in, you know, like, oh man, it's going down. Like something's yeah. about to happen when you're yeah. dong, 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 Yeah, dong, it definitely dong, grows dong. on you for sure. Like So yeah. simple and so powerful. And, you know, I liked Hans Zimmer's Batman scores. I thought they were in their own way, of course. You know, and, uh, and what I Danny like Elfman's so much about too, this but. score is that it it fits in this universe, right? Hans Zimmer's mm-hmm. score yeah. wouldn't fit. Danny Elfman's score would not fit here. But this fits perfectly for this kind of universe and this tone. So it's a really nice blend of audio and, and music there for sure. I mean, a music and, and uh, image for sure. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Ken. It was excellent. I want to talk about the Penguin character because I was looking forward to this a lot. I love Danny DeVito's Penguin. I, I, if you've listened to our episode – Last week in the VIP, you know that. And I was a little bit disappointed when they made the announcement because, like, okay, we've got uh, Paul Dano Riddler. And then, like, I don't know, a couple months later, they're like, also, Colin Farrell's the penguin. I'm like, okay, why are we doing two villains in here? So I, I didn't I didn't know where they were going with it. I like that the, the penguin character isn't fully the penguin, that he doesn't like the penguin, doesn't like being called that, isn't really attached to that. He's really just got the Iceberg Lounge, and it's more of a nickname at this point, and he hasn't fully embraced the identity. So I liked that he's kind of a backseat character, and the way they set him up with this towards the end, I think, is so brilliant. Uh, I was wondering the entire time this movie, was like, why is it raining so gosh-freaking-much in Gotham City? Why this entire, it's like a three-hour movie, and two hours of it were in the rain. I was like, man, this has been a, a heck of a... Uh, night shoots on this thing with the uh, amount of water and night shoots uh, in the the Batman was intense. But I was wondering, I was like, why is it raining so much? And then you have this plot point where the Riddler is going to blow up the seawall. Yeah. The seawall. So like, okay, well that makes a lot of sense to us because we know that it, there's a hell of a lot of water in this place. So I think that, I think that was a good setup and, and appropriate for me. And it's a perfect setup for another film where you have Gotham City completely flooded, and now the Penguin right rises to power. And he has this this shot that I actually stuck with me the most in the film was the shot kind of pulling away from the Penguin as he's tied up, you know, he's handcuffed on his legs and he's waddling like a Penguin away as as Batman is getting away. Right? They he, yeah. he's fully embraced this Penguin persona, and uh, Falcone I think says it in this movie. And it's the Shrek character, the Christopher Walken character in, in, in Returns of, you know, this political puppet and like you were never anybody. I was just playing you the entire time. You know, you were just you were you were my pog in the machine. And so I really anticipate like a great a second act, second. Uh, I don't know. I think the next one really dives into the penguin fully. And I can't wait for that. So this, I, thought, I thought the setup here was was excellent and and maybe he gets wacky in the next one maybe he fully dives into that but but they didn't have the setup of like the deformed baby that uh, <laughs> Tim Burton had yeah so ju- so just to jump in first off i agree with you i thought Colin Farrell was excellent in this i loved his his take on the character right the kind of the scarred figure he kind of looks you know, like a penguin a little bit, right? He's got a little bit of a waddle. Maybe he has like mm-hmm. a hip problem. I also love too, because I've never heard this before that I can remember. I love that he introduced himself as Oz. I was like, mm-hmm. that is so cool. Like that is mm-hmm. awesome. I've never heard that Same. before. His name's Oswald. Like that's yeah, really cool. cool. Um, but just to confirm, Kent, if I understand correctly, 
uh, he is getting his own spinoff show on HBO Max. So you are basically nice. going to have The Sopranos, um, you know, oh, yeah. set in this universe with Colin Farrell as the lead as he now is ascending to power. So if I understand correctly, by the time they make a second movie and, and make no mistake, they will make a second movie. He'll be fully he will become the kind of uh, but we're going to get that extended in a series. Yeah, exactly. Whole, and, and then, okay. and then the wow, other series exciting. that they're currently now expanding. Apparently, the first idea for a series was they were going to do a series about the Gotham City Police Department. It seems that the writing team kind of ran ashore in terms of good ideas for that show. So they've decided to switch gears, and now they're going to do a show about the rise of the Arkham's, right? And how like the Arkham's come to power and how Arkham Asylum comes to be. And you might get introduced to some other people there. So those are kind of the two spinoffs that HBO Max is now currently in active development on uh, from this universe. And I imagine you'll get both of those before you'll get a second Batman movie. Would have been nice if they had peacemakered it and just already had it done and, you know, throw a trailer out like they already did. And who knows? I mean, like right after, yeah, Guardians, and maybe they like, do. Maybe they, maybe it is a little bit further along than we yeah. think. And then you know, come like whatever May, it's gonna that you're gonna see the first trailer, and it's like, hey, this is awesome. So I I don't know, yeah. but yeah, apparently you are gonna get a lot more Colin Farrell Penguin. So that's that's exciting. We need to yeah, talk about that makeup in a in a series is gonna be brutal for him. Yeah. Godspeed, man. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk a lot about of time sitting in a chair. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz as as Catwoman here. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed her performance, her being like working for Falcone's um, company and like that being the in for Batman or him being the reason he wants to follow her around. And the character of Catwoman, you never know if she's protagonist or antagonist. And I think mm-hmm. Matt Reeves had a lot of fun with that here. And mm-hmm. right when you think she's good, she turns around and jumps off a building and vice versa or comes save comes to save him it's uh it's uh I, I think really a really interesting character and i mean zoe kravitz what more can you say great yeah, i like I mean, that she had some uh, there was some weight to her story yeah. too because like the the anne hathaway version i really like dark knight rises i think i'm probably the highest of the four of us on, no, on i like that movie, that movie. And, um, and i I'm like her in it too yeah, I do too. I do yeah, too. She was one. I remember going in, kind of being like, not a big Hathaway fan, and and but feeling like, yeah, she did a really good job. I'm good with it. But the, that it that character becomes more important as the movie goes, but but really starts off as just a cat burglar, basically, and, and that's totally fine. I'm not. I mean, that was the vision for that character in that movie, and it's cool. But like this one has th- this version has a lot more. Uh, of weight to the story right off right off the bat she's more she's more important to what's happening to than well yeah the falcon uh, connection I mean, the connection with yeah annika yeah. or whatever her yeah. friend yeah. roommate and she's great i mean zoe kravitz is great big i mean i just watched kimmy the other day on the, yeah. the soderbergh thing on hbo and that was really good she was great you watch her in uh the high fidelity series i did yeah, oh, yeah. great well after so the fact good. but yeah yeah she's she's great in that she's i mean She's they do more of those? Charisma. No, I don't no, think so. they canceled that. Yeah. I think it's just the one, one That's season. Yeah, I think it, I think it unfortunately got canceled. Yeah, I agree. She was incredible in this movie, um, and her story arc was great. Now, for for what it's worth, uh, longtime comic book readers, that was not a shocking revelation. Again, spoilers, spoilers, but that was not a shocking revelation that Carmine Falcone is her dad. There are many comic book stories where that is uh, kind of an established canon. 
Um, and I think, I think it started in the long Halloween. Um, so that was not, not a shocking reveal to folks like myself, but still an, an emotionally effective reveal, uh, in the movie. Um, and so I thought it worked really, really well. I'm glad they went that direction. Absolutely. One slight complaint I might have it is I was totally like, just wait and see guys when they cast our pats, but I thought they leaned kind of a little too much into the emo emo r pats i mean the fact yeah, that I he's mean, like I'm, literally has the the eyeliner on all the time in the movie even when he's not in the suit it was a little too much his hair is like on his face it was much more of twilight r pats than it was good time r pats and uh, that was disappointing for me but still good i mean yeah I'm- so my my take on that was i texted this shane and i were talking a little bit yesterday the day before off the air uh i, I wasn't out on the casting of 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 Pattinson, but I also wasn't like super into it either. He just, he kind of has this like detached demeanor bit going on that doesn't super work for me all the time. I thought he ruled as Batman. I thought he was a Mm -hmm. great Batman. Yeah. Did not love the Bruce Wayne parts. And I thought that that's my biggest criticism of the movie. I, I felt like they, to your point, can't, I felt like it leaned way too heavily into uh, the emo side of things, and for the most part, I mean, for for all of the the advertising and the eyeliner and everything, and like my my assumption of like, gosh, this is just going to be so emo. Something they really didn't go that way. way. <laughs> yeah, they really didn't hit that 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 uh, note too heavily, except when he's Bruce Wayne, and especially in the first half of the movie. Um, I leaned over to our friend Daniel who would see the movie with me and I was like, I'm really digging this, but they have got to, that we've got to stop with the yeah. emo here. We've <laughs> yeah. got to slow this down. There's like literally a point where he, he yells at Alfred, you're not my dad. And then storms out of the room. Yeah. I was like, no, we, we have to stop this. We <laughs> yeah. have to stop this. This yeah. is, is he doing a bit? This is going too far. And you get like a scene or two where, you know, his hair is like just falling over his face and stuff. And I just was, I was I was, it's a really intense movie and I was kind of laughing in the top row. Fortunately, I think that they, I think the movie ends on a note that will, that will take Bruce out of that sort of mentality and whatnot. But, but it was, uh, it was very aggressive on that front. And I was just, I was very thankful that, that Bruce Wayne is in this movie for like 15 minutes and that the rest of it is Batman. Yeah. Cause I, I, I think I would have, my grade probably would have been lower and maybe significantly lower if we spent too much time with with Bruce Wayne uh, with this version of of Bruce. It just wasn't. It did not hit the note correctly for me. Richard, you want to weigh in on that because I've got a, I've got some thoughts on Robert Pattinson as well, but I'll just I'll rattle them off in like three minutes solid. So yeah, no, I mean I'll cue you up here. I mean he's had a pretty impressive. It's so funny, you know, when you juxtapose those Twilight films with with. Uh, with the Harry Potter films and how well both he and Stewart have done and how bad they were compared to like the Harry Potter kid actors, you know, uh, in those, in those young adult films of the two thousands. Um, not that, I mean, uh, Radcliffe's had a perfectly fine career and, 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 uh, all that, but it's, it's fine. He's, he's really turned himself to fine actor agreed. Yeah. I thought he, I thought he was fine as Bruce Wayne, but I just didn't like that take on Bruce Wayne. So yeah. hopefully because this is a younger Batman, this will be him going through his emo phase. Now, 
going through emo phase um, in your mid twenties is is of course absurd. But he is rich, <laughs> so that's what rich people do. Right. I assume. Right. Just, right. Yeah. The emo um, emos just reach the rich, just like I last we, year. Can I knew a guy one time that like, or in Shane too, in high school, that just like, you know, we're we're in grade twelve. You know, we're right there. We're senior years. We got like two months left, and this guy just showed up, and he was a cowboy now. And I was like, that's so weird. Yeah. You're 18, man. Like, you've never, I've never even seen you remotely be a cowboy, but okay, cool. All right, moving yeah, on. He saw yellow. Pivot. He saw an episode of Yellowstone. It was over. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That happens yeah. all the time now, but back then it was, it was jarring. All right, Shane, let's, yeah, let's yeah. hear your, uh, your, uh, your, uh, slam poetry monologue on, yeah, on you our can pads. hear me whipping out 40 pages of paper. So buckle yeah. in folks. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I, look, uh, Rob, my thoughts on Robert Pattinson. Was he fine as Batman? Yes. And and I don't mean that as an insult. Being Batman on screen is a pass or fail test. If you are in shape and you can act angry, you can be a good Batman, right? It is not hard to look like a badass in that costume. Um, and so he did fine. He gets a pass on playing Batman. I love the suit from the neck down. Uh, the one thing that I, I have looked at it a hundred different times now. Yeah, we, we and I can I can definitively say. <laughs> Got it above I, your I bed, hate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just taped it right above it. It's weird. Um, I can now definitively say, as much as I love the, 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 his outfit, I hate the design of the cowl. If you look at his face in that cowl from any angle, it's weirdly like pinched at the cheeks. And so now his, the shape of his head looks like a light bulb. I don't like and how the nose piece it, is like a separate piece on the cowl too. It's like a, that I, I don't mind, but, but the oh. shape you're going for with the cowl is a tree trunk, right? You want it to be solid all the way up. You don't want it to have curves. So you look at Michael Keaton, you look at Ben Affleck, you look at, you're just quoting your master's Clooney. thesis now, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you don't, but his, his head looks like a, light bulb in that cowl. It's just, I don't understand how that did got past the design phase. Cause it just looks weird and awful. And that is the one thing about this movie. I can definitively so say he could turn hate. his head. That was why, but yeah, but, but they did it in the dark night where he could turn his head and the, and the shape was still correct. Right. Mm. It just, it's this weird shape of the cowl anyways. Um, so as Batman, fine, I give him a pass, mm. but yeah, again, Robert Pattinson is an incredibly talented actor. He was really good in good time and tenant and a number of other things, but yeah, I'm, I'm echoing the sentiments that you guys said. And then to expand on it a little bit further from a obsessive fans point of view, I roundly and thoroughly reject the characterization of Bruce Wayne as this mopey emo reclusive kind of, you know, whatever it, it, it not only does it not work in terms of, it needs to be a cover for the fact that he's Batman, right? How could somebody who goes around getting drunk at parties and, you know, and, and rotating through women and all this, how could he be Batman? Also from a psychological standpoint, it is kind of a wish fulfillment on Bruce Wayne's part in terms of this is the life I wish I could have, if my parents weren't murdered, but they were. And so the Batman is like the real me. And this is kind of a fake me that I put on. That is what this character requires. And that's not the direction we went here. So that is the only thing in this movie that I just roundly reject as incorrect. Mm. Um, and it's true. I'm going full George Lucas here. Like that's not how it happened, but, it, <laughs> but, but it's true here. That is not how Bruce Wayne is in any comic book ever. And it's just, it's, I, I did not like that at all. I appreciate, I don't know if this is, I guess it's kind of what you're talking about, but the whole motivation of the Riddler be like hating the Batman or whatever, or Bruce Wayne, I guess it's Bruce Wayne because he likes yeah. Batman, right? 
hating Bruce Wayne of like, it's kind of an obvious plot hole to point out of why does this guy go around and pissed off all the time? He's a billionaire and he's been a billionaire for his entire life. Like I, I could, you know, like what, uh, what does he have to be upset about essentially is what, uh, other right. than, you know, his parents dying or whatever, like mm-hmm. he's got a pretty good life. It's not, it's not the worst life to be, you know, moping around in your mansion all the time. And so I kind of liked that. Them pointing that out, I guess it uh, it made sense to me in that aspect, Shane. Yeah, and again, like I, 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 when it comes to movies like the Batman movies, I view them as like two separate people, right? I view them as just an unattached film critic, and then I view them as a diehard, obsessive, lifelong Batman fan. And so I ultimately give two scores to movies like this, which mm-hmm. I will do at the end, and then they they kind of average out. But yeah, like if I was not a Batman fan. I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. It was fine the way he played the character because it doesn't make sense in that story. But just as an obsessive diehard fan, I roundly reject that theory that Bruce Wayne could just, you know, mope around in his house with sunglasses at breakfast. And I mean, and and like, again, maybe this is just because I'm getting older, but like the long hair thing really bothered me. There was a scene in the movie where he's talking to Carmine Falcone. And it's this really serious moment about like his parents being killed. And, you know, Carmine Falcone is admitting that like he, you know, he killed a guy for his dad. And all you can focus on is the fact that there's like three strands of Robert Pattinson's hair, <laughs> like right in front of his eyes and like almost going up into his nostrils. And you're like, well, you just cut your hair, you hippie, you know, like that's all I was thinking for. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think Robert Pattinson is a talented actor. And I think he did a great job. I just roundly reject Matt Reeves's characterization of Bruce Wayne in this movie. We touched on it though, but we we need to we need to go a little harder. I'll throw to you, Richard. What do you think of Paul Dano? We're we're big Dano heads here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, big I, bounce I, back year for the Knicks after a rough season. <laughs> big back, bounce back moment, you know. Uh, yeah, no, he's great in this. I mean, he's he's putting together a pretty cool character acting, um, and he's doing stuff. He's obviously kind of always been good at this, you know, since there will be blood or something. Kind of be this off off putting, unsettling. Mm-hmm. As much as one can have a serial killer face, he has one. Um, but he's he's mixed in some brighter, fluffier stuff, you know, and and been uh, he's put together that movie he directed last year, um, two years ago, whatever. You know, he's he's done some interesting work, so he he's kind of going back and forth, and I I like I, I like the choices he's making. But man, this is so wheelhouse for him, and he was he was awesome in this. I thought he was a really and the villain was. I didn't know because he had the Colin Farrell thing as Penguin. You had this kind of as Riddler. I, I didn't really know how big of a part this would be. And uh, he's, you know, he's really a huge foil uh, to Batman there. So he was he was great. Yeah. Richard, while you have the floor, let me ask you a quick question because you're certainly much more uh, cultured than I am. And I figured I, I could probably Google this, but I, I didn't. I figured I'd just ask you. What is the connection to Riddler's character and the Schubert song Ave Maria? Like, what does the song Ave Maria mean? And, like, why is he so attached to that song? Did that, yeah. do you know anything about that? Does that make any sense to you? I mean, not no, to put you I, on I, the I, spot. No, like, no, you you're know. fine. It's, uh, it's a prayer to people that are like cast out and things like that, I think. And, and Marie, I think, if I remember anything about that for long ago. So I, I, but other than that, I don't really know. I thought it was really cool. I thought it worked really well, but, uh, you know, I, um, I, I can't say I can, I really can speak much. Yeah, that, way to set me up and a, make me look like an idiot. Yeah. No, I wonder why that was a, a, <laughs> a, a reprise throughout the movie as well. 
That's um, full of grace. I don't know. Maybe that was a riddle in itself. Maybe we have to think about that and figure that out more. I don't know. Playing classical music when someone's getting murdered is a pretty easy shortcut that's been done in a lot of movies because um, it's just unsettling, right? Classical music is beautiful and murdering somebody is the diametric opposite of it. But there was such a focus on that song that I was like, man, there's something I'm missing here. And, and I, we'll Google it and figure it out. Did you like uh, Dano, Paul, uh, Brian? I loved it. I thought he was fantastic. I mean, and I've said many times, I know. I, I think I'm really paraphrasing a point you've made, Shane, but you know, the Batman is only as interesting as the, the villains that are, that are mm-hmm. in his movies or his TV show or his comic books or whatever else. And, uh, that was a really interesting villain, man. I, I, I thought, I mean, Dano is awesome. I, I, I love that guy. Um, and I, th- gosh, I, I thought the, the way that that character was designed to be, uh, you know, to be the Zodiac killer basically. And, but with more of a, social point i guess um i thought it was i thought it was fantastic and i thought he brought he brought that to life perfectly and it it almost doesn't completely come together until the last scene when he's uh talking to batman in the in the in arkham the one thing i didn't like about the riddler was okay you've murdered these people you've left a note why do you have to like spray paint their entire apartment with like the rich Art should die, and you're like all these like ridiculous uh, yeah. sayings. Don't, I thought don't that look was in like my a... office. That's why we don't record on video yeah. anymore. I don't want yeah. you to judge my, <laughs> yeah, my, my yeah. no more corruption my research. And yeah. I, not only I, I will say this to me, not only was Paul Dano excellent in this movie, he is the only other Batman villain since Heath Ledger's Joker that you, you watch any other Batman movie, any other one. The villains are eccentric. And they're jerks. They are not sick. They are not mentally ill people who need help. Paul Dano's Riddler was like the uh, and Heath Ledger's Joker were the two Batman villains that are like, you are mentally ill and you need help. Like you need help from an institution like Arkham Asylum. It makes perfect sense that Paul Dano's Riddler would end up in the Arkham Asylum because it's like you are a danger to yourself and to others and you're just there's you know you are mentally ill he was right. excellent in this movie I can't get over how good he was the, the way it all comes together at the end though is it to me is where it goes from like this is an A to an A plus on the character side of things yeah you you it that character comes full circle you get like a little bit a little bit of he's not quite as smart as he thinks he is and as we are led to think he is at that point and also Here's the crazy. Like, if it's not crazy enough that this dude's killing people, and what? Let me let me step back on that. It, it's framed as if the social context, or 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 the I'm holding these people accountable, um, kind of thing is like over uh, overshadows the crazy. I guess. Like, I get it. It's crazy to kill people like this. I we I'm, I understand, but like the way that the movie works, we're seeing him almost as like a a bizarro Batman. Like he's a vigilante. Like the scene where they were they're coming up to the funeral, and there's all these people who are there supporting the Riddler, and then ultimately, you know, the 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 crazy followers that he gets into uh, Gotham Square Garden or whatever. It it does. I thought the movie just does such a great job of of kind of laying that out on the surface of like obviously you have to be a sociopath to do all this stuff, um, but he's 
He's doing it for a purpose. He has yeah. like a higher calling. And then you get to the end sequence there and it's like, oh, but also he's just freaking crazy. He's a crazy person. Yeah. And that's this is what happens with crazy people. And um I man, I love that. I thought it was I thought it was such a cool way. Great reveal for you know, as you're you know, you're getting the close up on 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 Batman and his like realization of like, oh, he doesn't have this figured out and and all that. I thought it was awesome. It was a really cool way to to top that character off. And uh, Brian, I know you and I have talked about this like offline before. Um, and I, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but there have been a number of movies in the last couple of years that have tried to, in an effort to make things seem more realistic or more relevant, they kind of try to awkwardly shoehorn in, you know, kind of like, like recent events or like current things that are going on in the news. And it almost never works. It comes out like a wet fart. Cause it's just, it feels shoehorned in and it's just really, really bad. I thought it was really subtle and really smart that it was, it's not until the very end when he's watching that video and he's like, all right, like the Riddler's talking to the camera and he's like, all right, thanks guys. Make sure you like, and subscribe yeah. to this comment. Yes, and totally. you're like, aha, yes. you're like, yes. I see what we're going. Yeah. yeah. Maybe For it's sure. a dangerous idea to have a bunch of, you know, people yeah. talking like that. Yeah. It's like that felt really natural and it really honed in like, oh man, this is dangerous. You know, that way I'll be on, like, I don't get, um, I don't get worked up about like content and movies really or anything like that beyond like, obviously I have a, I mean, anyone who's listened to the show knows I get super emotionally into movies and stuff like that. That was the, the, the sequence at the end there, uh, or, or when, when the, um, when the crazies are, are storming into, to, to Madison square or sorry, Gotham square garden and, uh, you know, about to start shooting people and stuff. That's the, that's the first time maybe since like saving private Ryan that I've been like, I'm kind of like, this makes me nervous like this. Yeah. And I, I'm, I think I mean that as a positive in the moment. I was like, I'm not sure that this is the move that I would make as a filmmaker right now, given the climate that we're in. Um, and just, you know, feeling like every day you're going to see a new mass shooting in the news or something like that. But, but at the same time, also I thought it kind of brought the the story home even a little bit more and made it, I didn't think it was sensationalized, I guess you should say, or gratuitous, but it was, it was kind of terrifying in a way. Like I, I kind of did a look around the theater, and I never in that way. That just doesn't usually, uh, usually sit with me. So I, I thought it was, man, the the kind of dedication to as much realism as you can get in a movie about a billionaire who puts on a bat suit and punches people. Um, that was, I mean, that was a really bold choice for from a filmmaking's perspective, and it, and it, I think it worked but it could have easily not worked. It could have easily been here's a hundred million articles in, you know, uh, slate or whatever about like, this is, you know, a, a poor, this is dangerous filmmaking, bad choice by the, you know, that kind of thing. It was, I, I thought it was really well, well done. Yeah. Agreed. To, uh, almost to my own detriment at times. I was like, Oh geez, this creeps me out a little bit. Did you see spree with Joel Keery? No, but I, I mean, I I saw the trailer, so I feel like I yeah. did. You, know? like I, <laughs> you I got, and me both, Brian. I'm like, I, yeah. I'm good. I got it. Yeah, it's it's this character of he's like an Uber driver, and he mm. he has social media, and he he wants to get followers, so he starts like murdering people to get followers, and like, yeah, and so he like ends all his murders with like, all right, guys, be sure and like and subscribe. It's got that like creepy quality to it, and it, it did have notes of that. Uh, in here towards the end mm-hmm. with the uh mm-hmm. when he's like live streaming to his uh 
to his followers right. and all that stuff. Um, two notes. Uh, I wanted to shout out Matt Reeves for two shots in the movie. One was the penguin's car, uh, the upside down scene yeah, where you got the penguin awesome. right yep. side up and Batman upside down. I, lo- I loved that. And the scene with Commissioner Gordon on the top of the building where he's just standing there, like overlooking the city, and then he starts talking. And then Batman just s- steps out of the shadows from, he was like in front of the pillar, you know, the whole time. Yeah. And you yeah. can't see him. It's just such a simple, easy camera shot, you know, of just ha- just to have Pattinson take one step forward to reveal his presence there, you know, and he was there the <laughs> whole time. Yeah. I loved that, man. Those, those small notes uh, make all the difference I, for me. I thought that scene was, both of those scenes were fantastic. I thought that the the sequence uh, towards the end where he he hits the flare and leads. Yes. Oh, God, so cool. Yes. Incredible. Like I teared up straight up. Awesome. I teared up. I'm not, I'm not, even yeah, that was it. great. Yeah. And the, the sequence in the, uh, in, in Falcone's, uh, like right in front of the elevator when he goes up to, uh, to save, uh, to save Selena and it's in the dark and stuff. That was incredible. And I like, I, there was a part of me that's like, I've seen similar to this previously and it's, Maybe not the most inventive uh, shot ever at this point in a in a post Matrix nineteen ninety nine world, but like the way that it was shot and the sequencing and the 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 muzzle flare and all this sort of stuff was it was awesome. It looked really really cool, and um, I was I was super into that, super into it. Yeah, Matt Reeves clearly has an understanding of iconography, right? Um, mm. in, in a way that. Uh, that, that even someone with like Zack Snyder, who I, I like a great deal, I think kind of overdoes. I think Matt Reeves kind of knows when to push it and when it doesn't. I, I thought the introduction, the first time you see Batman in the movie, when he comes out of that like long, you know, kind of dark hallway or whatever, that was, I mean, jaw dropping to me, right? He just comes out and then he just, he whips those guys. Like, oh, in the shit. subway station or whatever. Yeah. 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 When he just Sweet, whips those man. guys to yeah. bloody pulp, that was incredible. But yeah, like, well, the, the scene that they have in the trailer too, where, where it's all the gunfire, like the extended version of that, that's in the movie. Yeah. Where he's just taking bullet hits and it's yeah. like the only light of the scene is the light from the muzzle flashes. Right. Oh God. Yeah. That was, whoo. I loved yeah. that. That was like the dark night. I mean, um, Darth Vader scene and, and uh, Rogue One, where Vader's just going ham yeah. on all the dudes, right. you know, and just wrecking shop. Oh, man, I love that. Well, and I, I will say, right, and then, yeah, I'm with you, Brian. Like, the scene where he lights up the flare, like, and then he leads the people. He, he offers them their hand, like, I'm here to help. And then, like, he leads them into the light. Like, yeah, that's symbolic and iconic. Like, it's it's iconic in a way that it's, yeah, it's hard to even, like, mm-hmm. articulate. But I also, I want to put it on the record. I think this movie has the coolest introduction to the Batmobile ever like that sequence where it just kind of cuts to the thing in the dark and then it like starts to wind up and the engine comes on and it starts you know kind of wailing and growing I mean pun very much intended but it starts coming out like a bat out of hell that was awesome I was like yeah I'm like cheering in my seat I'm like yes this is so cool Mm -hmm. like I think it was the coolest way to introduce a Batmobile that I've seen in a Batman film yet so yeah Matt Reeves clearly knew what he was doing and he knows when to shoot the iconic stuff in a very, you know, kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for. He just knows how to shoot it in a way that's like a memorable, very kind of visually pleasing way. Yeah. The muzzle flash stuff, all, all a plus stuff. It was, it was incredible. He really had a handle on this material and Greg Frazier too, the cinematographer. What a, 
what a last like year that guy had. He came off of Dune to go work on the Batman. Like, can you? I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's okay. I thought of you, Brian. How? Uh, and I, I thought of you immediately on the biggest spoiler. Your, your boy, <laughs> the one who's gonna, who terrifies you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I did not I'm, know that not... going in. Was that leaked? I missed. It that. was unfortunately. Oh, okay. It yeah, was I leaked it, before I that. Saw it a couple yeah. hours before I went in. I didn't uh, know I who he was, but I could kind of guess just based on the yeah it was it was unfortunate because it leaked that he was in the movie and then warner brothers publicity department really quickly tried to do like a cover of like oh no no he's playing this police officer named stanley merkel and it's like i don't even know who that character is and i'm and i'm pretty much an expert in this subject so if i don't know who that is you're lying and so a little a little gripe here too like i i'm not super precious about spoilers by any means and that in, in a lot of ways you could say that's not really a spoiler i also am pretty careful about like what like who i follow on twitter and what i'm gonna see and all that kind of stuff especially on my personal feed we follow i follow a whole bunch of like movie blogs and like smaller news sources and stuff on our feed on the mad about movies Mm -hmm. feed but on mine it's pretty much thr and and variety and i i thought it was pretty crappy for variety i mean it's freaking variety to run tweets on sunday on opening weekend of the biggest movie of of one of two big movies we've had in two years with like a full picture of you know, here here's Barry Keegan or where I don't know however you say his name. Um, and like, what does that cameo mean for the future of the Batman? You know that kind of thing. I was like, yeah. come on, guys! Like, give me give me four days. You know, like give me give me a chance. At least let the weekend in before before we have to have that popping up on on Variety's Twitter feed. It's not like some obscure. Batman blog, you know, or and not to like and not little, to get too far off the subject here, but that is common, Brian, with everything nowadays, right? Yeah, Which is I'll, frustrating, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Because for You're those right, of us who I'm don't pretty watch, good at avoiding it, and I don't know why, but it, it's only it's only going to happen to me if if one of the two biggest news breakers in Hollywood decides to go with that kind of of tweet instead of just breaking news you know i don't know it, right. it, it frustrated me a little bit frustrated it's bit. it's like it because not only does it happen with like movies and stuff like it happened like most people i think nowadays i don't watch television the night it airs like there's no sure. such thing as appointment television anymore mm-hmm. and Except so the mask singer you're really yeah, into that super like, in on that night. yeah and then uh, yeah and then also love island i'll just make sure i binge <laughs> that on netflix i'm a huge fan um no because that happened to me with uh, both the book of boba fett and uh, the Peacemaker, where like both of those like finales or whatever, I did not get a chance to watch them on the night they aired. I was just planning on watching them the weekend. And literally the morning after, same thing, Brian. It was like this cameo, what it means for the future. And you're like, whoa, it's been 12 hours since it right. aired. Like, can we it not spoil things in yeah. headlines? You know? I mean, yeah, totally. That just, I'm sorry. I know I've, I've taken this off the, 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 on like a tangent now, but like, if my if my eight year old if we can walk out of Spider Man and I can say hey dude don't when we're in the lobby don't just don't say anything about the movie there's gonna be people in there that are about to see it that haven't seen it yet just don't don't ruin anything if my if my eight year old can do that then freaking Variety and THR can yeah do that. yeah it's just that's not too hard to ask I think. um all right well let's hit a grade here I really enjoyed this one and I think it was kind of what I expected I don't think it exceeded expectations because. 
I, I had faith in Matt Reeves. I knew he would he would do great work here, and I'm excited that this takes Batman in a different direction from the Snyderverse. It looks like they can do their own kind of universe with, with this. I don't know how much they cross it over with with the DCEU proper. I mean, they got some decisions to make with if you know the Flash is successful and can they completely break away from the uh, Snack Siders Justice League side of things? I don't know. We'll see. But this is a, certainly a, a, an interesting step for Warner Brothers, and I think it just goes to show that like Batman should not suck. I mean, it should not be like it should be hard to be make impossible. Batman. It should be impossible. Um, yeah. I mean, all I need for my Batman movies is no no piss jars as major plot points, and I'm good. Yeah, no <laughs> piss know? jars, no nips. <laughs> Yeah, no nips. We can throw that in the list, too. Well, male nips. Agreed. Agree. <laughs> yeah, um, exclusively yeah. male nips. You're cool with male yeah. nips. Got it. Right. Noted. Got you down. Only. Yes. Only only bat nips. <laughs> well, I'm going to give this one a... I'll go uh, like between an A- and an A. So I'm like a, like a 93 out of 100 is where I am on it. What about you, Brian? I uh, I just I I I loved where it where it, where it ended beyond except for the Joker thing. I don't I, I don't I I just wish we could get yeah freaking could have two Batman movies movie without, without the Joker, the Joker. like cool. yeah Batman, how many Batman Shane let us know how many more villains are there than the Joker I know Bat the Joker is like his Condiment King his ult- right now <laughs> his <laughs> ultimate yeah, nemesis right well like, and that's and that's kind that's of my great thing too. but like if what calling your shot we just did a Joker movie. No one yeah. just did it. Like, why? Why did Matt Reeves feel like, all right, you know who we need at the end of this? We can't yeah. even get out of the movie without teasing that. Like, Brian's I mean, right. There are, I mean, there are dozens upon dozens of great Batman villains, and that's so another dumb. thing that I was kind of touching on a little bit with that whole. I want these movies to be have like one or two notches of a little bit more like magic to them, because if mm-hmm. we're going straight up realism here. You're lopping off so many villains that are incredible and you can't do. You can't do Clayface. You can't do Mr. Freeze, right? You Like there's all these – you can't do Poison Ivy. Like there's all these incredible villains that if we're sticking to – they're all real humans and they can only do things that exist in the physical world. You're lopping off two dozen amazing uh, Batman villains. So that's just a little bit of concern going forward. But yeah, as much as – look, I always love when the Joker gets involved because he's a great villain – I too had the same thought where I was like, really? We didn't even get one movie where we just get a little breather from the Joker. Like let's, let's introduce him in the second one at the end of the second one. Yeah. You know, my, my hope on that. And then I'm sorry, my grade, but the, my, my hope on that is that it's going to be like a slow burn to the Joker being in the movie. Like I would really hope that the second movie also kind of ends with condiment King being put in <laughs> Arkham and, that's my go-to because I think it pisses Shane off just a tiny bit. No, I, look, if someone put Condiment King in a movie, I would personally find them and give them $100. I'd be like, you're amazing. That's amazing. If I was Matt Reeves, I would have done it here. It's just like a street vendor hot yeah, dog guy named yeah, Condiment King. That's true. Whatever. Yeah, that'd be yeah. fun. I could get into that. But yeah, I, I, like if if they end up, he ends up in Arkham or, or, or Mr. Freeze or Poison Ivy or whoever, whatever, it doesn't matter to me, uh, then – you know, you got the Joker kind of assembling a team or whatever. Like that, that would be fine. If somebody just, can do Mr. Freeze it's a good. To call her shot on the Mr. Joker. Freeze would be uh, awesome is, if is if we can do it yeah. right. I feel like because yeah. we definitely did not do it right in the Schwarzenegger's <laughs> version, and I feel like a real <laughs> yeah. world version. Maybe a flooded Gotham City Penguin teams up with Mr. Freeze. Like, give me that over like another sure. round of yeah. the Riddler and and yeah. with the Joker I, involved I now. 
Right. I definitely could use 10 years of, of no Joker. I'd be yeah. Cool but anyway, I, especially we're getting that, another that Joker aspect, movie from Joaquin too. Like we're never going to end. Please, please you gotta, stop. Got to get hot topics. Got to have stuff to sell, you know? <laughs> hey, um, you know what it might be though? It might be like a built-in excuse for a sequel to this. You it know, is. it's like and that's cuz they know I just, I, they release a trailer with yeah. with Barry what's his name as as Joker like that makes 100 million dollars uh you know yeah. regardless I, I, of whether this was successful like they would have made a sequel based on that hype alone like the the fact sure. that this could be a Joker in the next movie but yeah yeah I just need I need a movie I need a Batman movie without without the Joker I'm with you. just one time Please. just try it yeah. is all I'm saying Let's do it. um but but other than that aspect I thought the last like 30 45 minutes were incredible it it elevated the the grade for me from a movie i was like man i'm really i'm digging this i'm really into it too i really feel like they i love i love this the end sequence when with the voiceover as he's like on top of of the arena helping the kid get into the helicopter and i don't i didn't write the quote down but he essentially ends it with like people need hope i love that i thought it was a i thought it felt like like growth on the studio's part. And that was impossible. So I will just put it firmly in, in Matt Reeves's camp of like, we have seen Batman be dark and gritty and, and branding people and all this stuff for so long. And that's always going to be part of it. And that's totally fine. But like to, to finally kind of take that character and actually let him grow and evolve a tiny bit i i felt like was a great sign for the future of whatever this franchise looks like oh yeah if it's three more batman movies if it's batman popping up in the dc extended universe if pattinson is only going to do you know is not going to do another movie whatever it may be i felt like man to end this like the dark knight rises does it some too but that was the end it was the end of that thing and so to to let that character finally go from Vengeance is the only thing I'm interested in to actually I can be a symbol of hope, not just fear. And vengeance was super cool to me. And I, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe I'm the, I'm emotionally reacting to that. Um, but I just I super dug it and I thought it was I thought it was great. So all those things combined, plus uh something in the way like six times, super great song. Love that. <laughs> Love it. I'm, I was into it. So I'm gonna go straight A. And this might get better with with time like second third viewings i really really dug the the vast majority of this the most bruce wayne because i've seen it twice and yeah the the most important part of this movie brian that you you almost touched on but you but it's the exact moment is when he after he injects himself with that green goop and he like he goes into like a steroid rage and he he beats the living like crap out of that guy right Mm -hmm. and then finally someone's asked the riddler guy he says who are you and the the Riddler, you know, goon guy says, I'm vengeance. And yeah, you can see yeah. in Pattinson's eyes where he's like, oh, no, right. I've been calling myself vengeance for right. the whole movie. I started this. I'm partially responsible yeah, for this. Yeah, I need yeah. to be more than just vengeance. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of explains it in the voiceover. But that's the most important moment in this whole movie. And when I re- when I watched it the second yeah. time, I was like, it's g- that's really good. Yeah. That's really good well, writing. Yeah, I'm sorry. One last thing, because this was, again, I, I really didn't want to, I don't want to call out Snyder and Ayer and, and, and Phillips and whatnot. But one of my big of many beefs I had with Joker, one of my bigger frustrations was uh, the Thomas Wayne character and the way that he is portrayed in that movie. And I'm not a Batman historian like, like Shane is, but I think it is imperative for that character, for Batman and for Bruce Wayne 
for his dad to be a good person and to have not a not a perfect person that hit on this that hit on that really well in this movie i felt like um not a perfect person but a person who genuinely does want to help and be a humanitarian and philanthropist and whatever else because i think that that is part of the batman bruce wayne psyche that he has to try to live up to um to his dad's image or to, to what he has built his dad up to be. And, and this movie gets that. I was a little nervous Shane when they're, you know, when we're, we're delving into the backstory on, uh, on Thomas Wayne and whatnot. And I, I felt like it came out really, really well. Whereas in Joker, that was a massive to me, massive misfire, um, on that front. So I, I thought yeah. that all those elements combining in the last 45 ish minutes, really to me like took the movie up a notch yeah, yeah then from, the, from something i was already really into them honestly. siphoning off the money from the thing yeah, that great, he fi- great he great found idea. it great and and them using uh-huh. it basically to pay you know to mob to work with the cops i thought that was a a great end for batman to or for bruce to have more motivation against those guys later than uh, you know, basically took the foundation and turned it into corruption without him right. knowing and that's uh, that's not good richard what's your grade yeah, I mean, I thought this was uh, look. I've, a man's got to have a code, so I'm going to knock it down for being almost three hours. But I understand they had a lot of ground to cover. Long, but yeah. I, I'm going to go a minus for me. But I, I was I, curious. I loved a lot of this. Yeah, I, I started getting fatigue when when the Riddler gets captured. I'm like, okay, this has got to be close to the end, and then it's not. And they get that whole third, you know, the Gotham Square Garden thing. But I'm with Brian on that. Like, I thought the execution of that was was fantastic. So. I thought the uh, the end was certainly worth it for me. It was worth the extra 20, 20 minutes or so, or thirty minutes or so that we got. Was, yeah, for uh, sure, it looked great. And uh, Batman Shane, what's your grade? So, as I mentioned earlier, I, anytime I watch a Batman movie, I, I, there's two different identities that I kind of grade it as. Right. So, as just as an unattached film critic, I give this an A plus. I think the script, the editing, the cinematography, the score, the acting, the, the everything was excellent. I mean, you know, I'm perfect. No, but, but excellent. Yes. Across the board as a diehard obsessive Batman fan, I had some nitpicks, right? The realism was a little too real for me. Right. I didn't like the way Bruce Raymond was portrayed. I hate the cow, just little nitpicks here and there. A minus as a diehard Batman fan. So do the math, even it out. Solid A, just straight down the middle. Solid A. I'd give this. All minute. right. There you go. The Batman Shane has spoken. And before we get out of here, let's hit a weekly recommend for the week. How about that? Weekly recommends. Richard had to bounce, but he recommends uh, the album from 2002 from Creed Weathered. <laughs> Check that out. That's what the Batman was missing. Instead of Nirvana, it should have been Creed, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, were you guys around? Did you see, I'm not going to call out who, who said this on the discord, but did you, this was maybe two, three weeks ago. The, uh, <laughs> the round of Creed praise that swept through the discord. No, the movie Creed uh, or the, the no, the, I, I did no, see. The, the band. Yeah. Well, that the was band. a, that was a while ago. Somebody was like, I just want to say Creed is ago. doesn't suck. And yeah, and I was like, no, this person was like, I'm, I'm done pretending like Creed. sucks. yeah. <laughs> album's great i'm not gonna call this person out but okay. i will say i almost deleted the that's Discord. that's Just a deleted. take that creed doesn't suck but, you know, <laughs> okay. even creed thinks creed sucks yeah like they're not even <laughs> they're not even cashing yeah. in on that 
It's good to be the king, baby. It's yeah. good to good, be the good king. Be, it's always good to be the king, Batman Chain. Uh, Brian, what's your recommend? My uh, weekly recommend is a show that just wrapped up on the old Apple Plus. Turns out Apple Plus, um, it it does have content that is not just Ted Lasso. I was well. as confused as anyone. Um, and they they sure do seem like they have more coming. Um but I, uh, I, there's a couple shows on there right now that I'm that I'm into. But one of them just wrapped, and I enjoyed it immensely. It's called The After Party. Have you guys seen this? No. Uh, my it's, wife watches. She it's on Apple it. TV, okay. so no. Just kidding. I know. I know. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's on Lasso Plus. Uh, but it's, <laughs> Lasso it's Plus. Um, <laughs> um, you are not saying, wrong. You are not try wrong. Try it out. Just just try it out, Tim Cook. Apple TV uh, is. Yeah, they probably would make mustache. more if they called it Ted Lasso Plus. To be quite honest, They're like, oh, I'm kind of into. It. Interested? No. Go ahead. <laughs> it looks good when it shows up on your on your bank bill. You know. Uh, like, ah, yeah. Forgot. Love the lasso. <laughs> um, the uh, anyway, it's a it's Ben Schwartz, Sam Richardson, Tiffany Haydish, uh, and and others, cast of others, and and uh, the the superior Franco. Um, and the the concept is a it is a fifteen year high school reunion. Uh, where Dave Franco is uh, has since high school has turned into an international um, celebrity musician, whatever, in uh, sort of like the Justin Bieber kind of mm-hmm. line, I guess. Uh, and at the very beginning of the of the show, the first episode, he they go to his his uh, ridiculous mansion for the after party. That's the title of the show, and he uh, is murdered in the first like five minutes, and then. It is a, it's like, it's kind of like Clue. It's, it's Tiffany Haydish is there as the detective trying to figure out uh, who committed the murder before another detective comes in from the big city to take over the case and whatnot. It's like, okay, it was eight episodes. They're short. The first one's almost an hour. And then after that, they're like 30, 35 minute episodes. And each episode has a, uh, a different character's like uh, take on what happened that night. So their version of the story. Gotcha. And, uh, and it's really funny. And uh, Ben Schwartz is great. And there are there, especially his episode, but there's a couple of other episodes too, that really felt like lonely Island productions. There's just some really funny stuff. There's a, there's a a music video in Ben Schwartz's episode (laughs) that, I mean, seriously, I was like, did, how did Yorma not, write and direct this it is it is straight out of lonely island brian i I have every intention to watch the show it's it's on my list but if you Uh want me to bump it to number one please tell me at any point does ben schwartz do like the sing-songy like john ralphio like the way like does he do does he do any of that yeah yeah i mean it's it's like not quite john ralphio but yes (laughs) he has that level of like him trying to harmonize. Is <laughs> okay. Bump it up to the top of the list. Now I have weekend plans. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> I like, I was, I think his episode is episode five, if I remember correctly. And I was into it. It was, it's really funny. It's really well done. I'm into it. That episode was where I went. And this is the best show I've seen in a while. Like I'm really into this now because he's, he's amazing. One of the episodes it's like all told, like as the person is telling the story, it's all animation. Um, cause again, it's like different perspectives from each person. There's a child who's involved and, and when they're, when they're getting her perspective, some of the characters are Muppets and stuff. I mean, it's, it's really, it's really well done. It's, it's, it's Lord and Miller that are the, uh, 
uh, the the creator. Nice. Of yeah. It too. So okay. High pedigree on all this stuff. Yeah, it was re- it's really funny. It's eight episodes. It's a quick binge, and they've picked it up for season two in some sort of anthology se- uh, thing. So it's uh, it was really good, and probably the best use of of Tiffany Haydish ever to this point. Like they got her like manic energy. <clears throat> contained enough to where it's fun and not overwhelming right and they I, honed I it in just really right good. that's so awesome it, it's re- it's really good I, I really i think you guys would both like it um and I'm, I'm sure the listeners would as well i'll check it out well shane what's your batman related recommend i know you, you only <laughs> consume batman related media so <laughs> okay a, a batman recommend um one of the comics that uh matt reeves said was uh inspired um this uh, movie is a comic that was written by a man named uh, written and drawn by a man named Darwin cook. And the comic is called Batman ego. And it is Batman. It's a, it's a story uh, that where Batman is essentially arguing with himself, like in his mind about the Mm. psychology and the meaning of what it means to be the Batman, what it means to be Bruce Wayne and et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it's a fantastic comic. I actually had not heard of it until Matt Reeves mentioned it like two years ago. And then I picked it up and it's great, but um, so check that out if you're looking for something, man, I then, wish, I wish, um, they would do some of this alternate universe stuff with DC. Have you seen the animated Superman one? That's red sun. Yeah. Which is that was fantastic. Like, yeah. Which is like basically if, if his craft from Krypton landed in Russia instead of the U S mm-hmm. and what that would have done. I, uh, man, it was so well done. I was like, holy crap, this is like the best Superman thing I've ever seen. And it was like a total alternate universe kind of thing. Like, yes. I think they could have some fun in the movies if they did some alternate universe. So I yeah. don't know how they could work that in, but man, I, I did not expect to like it as much as I did, but. And I, and I don't know the appropriate term for it, so I, so someone's probably screaming, it's called this, you idiot, and I don't know. Yeah. Whatever those those Russian hats with the like the furry ears or whatever, those uh-huh. little cute Russian hats, Batman has one of those. That's his cowl. It's got like little fur ears on it because he's Russian and it's cold and it's adorable. Yeah, it's a, it's a great comic if you've never uh, read it. Um, but just another quick recommend, and I apologize if this has been recommended on a previous episode. I'm a little, I'm not caught up on, uh, mad about movies episodes. I've been so busy. But anyways, uh, if it has been recommended, I'll make it quick. Chuck Klosterman, the author, has a new book that came out about three weeks ago called The 90s. Has this been recommended? Yeah, Richard recommended it. My wife okay, was, cool. rec- was asking me about it. Uh, do you have the physical, uh, book? Uh, or did you audible it, uh, Shane? Uh, no, I I, uh, I bought the physical book. So okay. I, if you want me to mail it to you, I'd be more than happy to send you a copy for sure. No, but- I was just wondering because uh, she wanted to buy it, and um, I didn't know if it was out yet or if it was just like a, you know, you can get it on your Kindle and you know, you pre-order the book or what have you. I didn't know what. The, yeah, the, for the, sure, it's out there. Was. You can buy it anywhere nice. you want. I won't harp I'll on it too it much because Richard obviously will talk about it much more eloquently, or he did talk about it much more eloquently than I will. But just seconding his recommend, it's an incredible book. The way Klosterman's mind connects subjects is so different than how my mind works that I feel like I learn all these new things, and it's just I'm always blown away by the way he he uh, connects subjects in his head. So yeah, seconding Richard's uh, recommend. Check out that Chuck Klosterman book. It's just called The Nineties. It's a good read. Klosterman rules. He's. I don't. There's times when I read like his last collection of stories was like, was hit or miss for me. But but, you're you're right, Shane. His his brain works differently than than other people's brains yeah. do. And and I I mean he's. I I think he, I mean I think he's a genius. We throw that term around way too easily, but uh, he is. 
he comes up with some of the most incredible connections and will make you think about things in, I'm not a deep thinker. I'm a pretty surface level person, but, um, he will, he will come up with some stuff, uh, in his non, in, in his nonfiction and fiction where you're just like, that is, that is a, that is the, the, that is the thinking of a genius. That is something that nobody should have been able to come up with. He's, he's, he's incredible. I, this is probably my next read. I will say too, if you're, uh, an audiobook person. He is the narrator on this book. So I, I'm going to read it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the audiobook because I think he's a really, uh, he has an, he has a very interesting actual voice. Yeah. And then also he, he reads his own material. It sounds dumb to say, like, I, I'm struggling to come up how to say that his, his, his tone of like the way he speaks is, is an interesting way, but like his reading voice. Um, like David Sedaris, it's like it's like so good. It's like good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's like David Sedaris. It's yeah. It's the inflect the way he knows how to in inflect uh to get his point across in a way that that a, an outside narrator uh may not may not do. Like his last book, man. I would, we're was, so lucky to have that technology available. Like imagine if it's we incredible. had F. Scott it's Fitzgerald like things. reading yeah. The Great Gatsby in audio. Like yeah. That would yeah, have been he's cool. He's just slurring yeah. all over the yeah. place because he's because yeah. yeah. he's drunk all the yeah. time. Yeah, his wife berating <laughs> yes. him in the background. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yes. that'd been so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, Brian, I agree with you. It it feels weird uh, to to throw around the phrase genius, but but I don't know of another word that can accurately describe someone whose brain is able to connect subjects mm-hmm. that to a layman like you or I seem completely uh, unconnectable. And he does yeah. it with such ease and with such routine greatness that you're like, I, I don't know how else to describe you, man. You're a genius. Right. And I think the other, sorry, I know and we, this is the longest episode we've done in a long time, but, but I, um, the other thing that he does, and this is basically what you're saying, Shane, but, but just kind of to add to it, he, it's one thing to be super, super, super smart. It is another thing entirely to be super smart and be able to translate that to people who are not super smart. Yeah. And that is something that he is very, very good at doing. And I think that's part, I mean, to be honest, I think that's what makes him a genius. Whereas some other, like Malcolm Gladwell, I think people are kind of over Gladwell, but that was one of the benefits of, of Gladwell for a long time was he's, he's translating pretty complex concepts into a way that me, an idiot, who uh, did not, you know, didn't graduate high school, basically, um, that I can understand those things, you know, and that's what Klosterman does, but he just does it. He does it about pop culture, which I think is amazing. Like, I love that he, he focuses all of this genius energy on pop culture. It's it because he approaches it in a way that that almost nobody else does. So I I this is probably my next read. Yeah. I'm, I'm and I, just excited. really quick because I know we're wrapping up here. Just in case, like he doesn't just do pop culture. He'll literally yeah. go from politics to sports to pop culture to technology. He literally mm-hmm. covers almost every subject you can imagine. So if you read. If you're like me and you're not like the world's biggest sports fan, you can read a chapter on sports and it's fascinating, but then he'll quickly pivot to like OJ Simpson or like, you know, Ralph Nader or something where you're like, oh, you know what I mean? It's just he bounces all over the place that there are chapters in the book that you will find fascinating. That's a guarantee. Yeah, for sure. All right. My recommend is a documentary that I watched over the weekend. I was looking forward to it. I watched the Lucy and Desi doc. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, how was that? So good, man. And I mean, is it a nice counterpart? Like, could you do a double feature with being the Ricardos and then Lucy and Desi? (laughs) 
if you have uh, I mean, let's just, I, Lucy and Desi hit all the notes that I wanted. Well, I mean, it's easy to do that in a documentary, but all the notes that I we wish all, I don't know if Shane has heard. Hit. We all hate. We hated that movie. Shane. Oh no, kidding. Okay, I'm, all right. I'll push that list up. I'll push that up because I, I love that. I thought it was great. <laughs> um, it's um, I mean, it's about an hour and a half, and I would say probably the last half is like post I Love Lucy stuff, which I thought was a really smart choice. The fact that you know Lucy and Desi were more than just the four seasons of the show that they did together. Right. And I, I really appreciated that. Uh, some of the interviews are great. Carol Burnett, American treasure, Carol Burnett uh, pops up in it. Uh, you know, uh, Amy Poehler directed it, which is great. And the daughter, Lucy Arnaz is interviewed and some of the stuff she says towards the end. I mean, I was crying at the end. I mean, it's, wow. it's so touching. So so great and you just see the genius the the true heart that they had and the relationship i mean it just touches on the the love that they had for each other um and sometimes you just can't make it work you know that that happens but um, is is it true that the most uh interesting subject to interview for this lucy does a documentary is scott stapp is is that true that he's fascinating in the documentary or no very fascinating i did yeah. not know that he <laughs> Such a the bo- Babalu got him into music, but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that was uh, that with was arms wide open is actually about the the series finale. Yeah, it was of, uh, it was crazy because they had American Treasure Carol Burnett, and the next scene they had Piven Bette Midler, and I was like, wow, this is pretty jarring. Ah <laughs> uh, man, you got to hang stuff. out with one one of these two people, Kent. Got to hang out for for a solid. Uh, it's got to be a six hour dinner and conversation. Bette Midler or Scott Stapp. Oh, Scott Stapp. <laughs> Same. Scott, Same Bette Midler would... I don't think I could do a, a brunch with Bette Midler. <laughs> Before I'd be like, all right, check, please. We got to go. Uh, get off Twitter, Bette. All right. Uh, yeah, I highly recommend this if you're an I Love Lucy fan. And if you're not, I mean, great history of the show, relationship, all that kind of stuff. It might get you into the show. Um, but I thought it hit all the notes that I wanted it to hit. And like I said, it was great that it touched on more than just the show. I love Lucy, but it does touch on that too. Great stuff. Nice. Uh, check it out. Very Lucy cool. Desi. Yeah. I think it's on Hulu, by the way. Will do. Hulu. Or Amazon prime. Is it Amazon or Hulu? I think One it's Amazon. Cause I, I was just on Amazon prime a couple of nights ago and I, I think I saw it. So Amazon. I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and say it's on Amazon. Well, there you go. Check it out. And, um, Hope you enjoyed the Batman. I enjoyed having you, Batman Shane. We'll uh, hey, hopefully it's always get you a back. pleasure. Thank you guys. Yeah, hopefully get you back soon. And um, you can talk to him on the Discord if you're a VIP. Just all your Batman related questions or otherwise. He's Batman Shane on there. We are on there. The VIP episode this week is White Man Can't Jump. We're talking mm. about that and uh, anticipating the reboot and also and talking we have thirty a, years. We have a video. We had a video segment where I I disproved that. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. How high I can jump, and it's very impressive. I will say. Well, thank you to Batman Shane. Thanks to Richard. Thanks to Brian. Thanks to Chewbacca Mom. I am Kent, and we'll see you next time at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. Ha, 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 ha.
don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. The salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 